The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. Joining us on the phone today is Marissa Renee Lee, the author of the book, Grief is Love, Living with Loss. And I'm really grateful to her for being here today and for this book because we are all living with loss in this pandemic. Good morning, Marissa. Good morning, Zerlina. Thank you so much for having me. So I read your book a a little while ago, um, and I just picked it up again over the break because I had folded down some pages when I had originally read it. And then I was like kind of crying. So then I was like trying to get myself together (laughs) as we were coming back on air. I don't know if you guys can tell my voice sounds a little bit different, but full disclosure, I start crying Um, because one of the things your book um, talks about is the different types of grief. So... um, you know, I think this is a relevant conversation for people at home who have lost people during COVID, um, people yeah. at home who are caretakers and caregivers for family members who are ill, um, and also anybody who's having stress and anxiety around the fact that our whole life, um, the way our lives were lived before COVID, we lost that. Yeah. Um, so, so my first question really is, you know, when we think about grief, we think of it as like, you know, maybe the phases, um, stages of grief, or we think about it as, you know, a thing we're feeling that somehow we will stop feeling, but you say it's really a lifelong process. Can you talk about, can you talk about that? Absolutely. So I wrote grief is love because when my mom died back in 2008, I genuinely thought that there was something wrong with me for being so upset, so lost, depressed, anxious, you know, all of the things for months and even years following her death. You know, I felt like the way that grief is typically portrayed, as you said, is something that we experience right around the time that somebody dies. You know, a few weeks later, you start to feel better. A few months go by and you're basically back to normal. And I don't actually believe that is true. You know, I think when we lose someone we love, or even when we lose something that we love, like our sense of routine and normalcy that we all lost when the pandemic hit, it's a transformative process. And so I redefine grief in Grief is Love as the repeated experience of learning to live in the midst of a significant loss. You know, we are all still figuring out what it looks like to live and be out in the world now that the pandemic in some ways has slowed, but definitely still isn't over. Just like I am still, you know, almost 15 years later, learning how to live without my mom. You know, I'm never going to forget that she existed. I'm never going to forget about the relationship that we shared. And so what I have to do, and I think, you know, what grief forces all of us to do is figure out what it looks like to live with that loss. 
So the reason I was crying is because you have a section, um, as I said, it's not just about, you know, if you have somebody who passes away, but also if you have a loved one who is ill. I've never oh, cried girl, on the radio I'm before. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Zarina. You talk about um, how grief is also a process when you're a caretaker, when you're a caregiver. Um, yeah. And you're dealing with that. Can you talk about the different types of grief and how it manifests, whether that be anxiety, depression, guilt, yeah. shame around the fact that, you know, perhaps you're continuing to try to live your life, but you also have, um, you know, the grief you're dealing with, the caregiving responsibilities that you have to take care of all in the midst of that. Um, and that can be incredibly difficult um, to handle, um, particularly because, you know, your body is sort of um, betraying you in a lot of ways grief yeah. manifests physically um, and you you don't realize um, what's happening when you're actually going through it no first of all I just want to say I'm really sorry um, and happy to connect offline on all things grief but you know one of the things I realized when I was putting this book together is I probably started grieving when I was 13 and one day my mom just got sick and she never got better. And she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So at a young age, I became both child and caretaker alongside my father. And then when I was 22, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer on top of the MS. And I actually ended up taking a year off after college to just help my parents manage a really complicated health situation that you know, looking back, I knew it was going to end in death. And I didn't give myself permission or time or space to grieve because I was, you know, looking back, I was honestly ashamed that I had all of these feelings around both my care responsibilities and the pending loss of my mother while she was still alive. You know, I, I kept telling myself, like, she's still here. Mm -hmm. So don't get so sad. You know, don't make yourself feel so overwhelmed instead of just giving myself permission to feel those things. And because I didn't give myself permission to feel those things, to your earlier point, they manifested in other ways. Like I lost 25 pounds without even trying because I had no appetite. I slept on average four hours a night. You know, I had horrible anxiety. I was definitely depressed and I worked really hard at, you know, 23, 24 years old to just ignore all of it and power through and take care of my mom and work full time and run a charity on the side. And it was, it was not sustainable and it was also not healthy. And the thing that I've learned, you know, being in and out of therapy for years since then and through the research for Grief is Love is that the only time our feelings actually become unmanageable is when we refuse to acknowledge them. You know, when we actually name and express the things that we're feeling, that is when they become easier to manage. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you and anyone who is listening, whether it's grief leading up to the loss of someone or the grief that comes after, like give yourself permission to feel whatever comes up without apology, without shame, without judging yourself, because that is how you live with it. You said something that really struck me, which is 
the idea that you powered through. And I think oh, yeah. we live in capitalism. Um, so yeah, 100%. We, we, our entire society is not built to sort of allow the space for people to process these types of things, this, this trauma um, and the trauma associated with grief. And I feel particularly bad for the people in the pandemic um, who have lost loved ones, not just because, you know, you, you're losing someone, but also because of all the unique aspects of losing someone in the pandemic, whether that be yeah. um, you don't get to see them. Um, you're doing yeah. a memorial or funeral on Zoom. Um, you know, you're risking COVID if you do have an impersonal. I mean, there's so many different things yeah. that make this moment unique. But I think the powering through idea is something that I've resisted that in the pandemic <laughs> um, because Good. I used to be that way. Um, I powered through everything. Um, yeah. But my um, lesson and, and what I've learned is that you need to listen to your body. And so if your body is like, if you're, you know, if you feel a weight on your chest, yes, that's your body telling you something. Um, and yes. you need to slow down and sit down and listen to it and like acknowledge that that's happening because that's 100%. manifestation of something that's going on mentally. Um, can you talk a bit about why we shouldn't power through? why we should acknowledge that pressure that we feel in our chest, um, that tightness, you know, that, that, you know, difficulty breathing or, you know, catching your breath when you're falling asleep, that yeah. you know, mind that's racing of, of a million things you forgot to do that day or emails you didn't respond to, things like that. You know, all of that stuff is mani the manifestation of, of that underlying um, trauma. And yes. then we still try to power through it. Yes, yes. I want to tell people, you know, it is very hard to not power through. I think especially if you are someone who, you know, doesn't have the practical and financial resources to really take a break. But I want to really encourage people to not power through. You know, our culture in this country is so committed to productivity, to capitalism, to white supremacy, and all of these things tell us that our feelings are inconvenient and that they don't matter. And that's just not true. They are all a normal part of what it means to be like a full and healthy human being. And, you know, this isn't just my opinion. This is both my lived experience and the research that sort of sits underneath everything in Grief is Love. Like when we power through and essentially ignore our emotions, they manifest in other ways. They don't mm -hmm. go away. You know, they, they become like you described that weight in your chest. For me, you know, it was a perpetual stomach ache that made it hard to eat. And, you know, like I shared before, it was the, the not sleeping and I was constantly getting sinus infections and different colds and things because my body was a mess because I wasn't, I both wasn't dealing with the grief and I was, running myself into the ground physically by reaching for distractions. You know, I was working constantly, going out all the time, running a charity for free, you know, like doing anything possible to not have to face the grief. And I'm telling you, like that pain didn't go away. Like it just became worse. So I want to encourage folks, you know, I know it is hard, but it is much easier to honestly express and sit with your emotions and give yourself the things that you need to heal than it is to suppress and ignore them. It just doesn't work.
definitely does not work. Um, one of the other things you talk about in the book um, is self-care. <laughs> so we had mentioned yeah. how it's not good to power through. But when you are taking those moments to acknowledge what you're feeling, you also should take time um, to care for yourself because, you yes. know, feeling emotions can sometimes be a little traumatic in and of itself. Um, True. So, so what are the kinds of ways we can do that? I mean, I think people need to think beyond sort of bubble baths and sheet masks. So yes. what are, what are other <laughs> ways people can really care for themselves? So I do love a good bubble bath and a mask, but they're good. Yes, but you are right. Yes, other yes. So I think I think the thing about self care, just like so many other things in this country, like it is something that has very much become commodified. And so we think about it in terms of that face mask or the trip to the spa, you know, getting a mani pedi, etc. But really, self care is about being honest about whatever it is that's going to help you process your pain and get to a place where you really do feel physically, mentally, and psychologically healthy. So for me, I, you know, I'm someone who personally finds like movement helpful. You know, yesterday I was having sort of a random briefy day and I had an early 2000s hip hop dance party by myself for 15 minutes. And like that helped me like kind of get some of those emotions out of my body. It didn't cost anything, I didn't have to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it did make me feel better. Um, I think the big things, though, are really being honest with yourself and not just saying yes to things that help, like exercise or therapy or, you know, writing is one of my big processing tools, but also saying no when you need to. Mm -hmm. Like you saying no to powering through and figuring out specifically what that meant for you in terms of you know, your calendar, your workload, your social commitments, et cetera. For me, a big, really difficult self-care moment came in 2019 after my husband and I lost a much wanted pregnancy and I was really physically sick and mentally and emotionally struggling. And I realized that I had to say no to continuing with fertility treatments. Like I knew that continuing to try to get pregnant was doing more harm to me physically and psychologically than I could handle. Um, and that was not, that was not easy. That was like very removed from any low key relaxing trip to the spa. Like it was a decision made, you know, on my hands and knees in a doctor's office after a really brutal visit in tears. Um, and so I think, I want, I want people to really be intentional when it comes to self-care and be honest with whatever it is that they need to be okay. I like that a lot. Um, I think it, it helps, it helps sort of um, get us outside of the, some, some of the helpful, but kind of superficial ways in which yeah. care is sort of promoted as, you know, just trying to do a facial Exactly. When it can be a lot deeper than that. The other thing um, I think uh, grief does is it is very isolating because yes. nobody really knows how to talk to you. Um, people try to say things, but it's not really helpful. Um, and so there's a couple things that happen. Resentment builds up because, you know, you mm -hmm. feel like perhaps you'd want some of your family and friends to be there more than they are. 
but then they're like we don't know what to say so i i understand it from their perspective too um and then the other piece of it is like you know as you're maybe trying to power through people you know they don't see what's sort of happening underneath and that you're experiencing all this trauma so you're you're even more isolated because no one really understands what you're going through on the inside how do you um tackle that issue in terms of how grief is is quite isolating and lonely because you feel like you're the only one going through it when again we're you're not um no i know I always say, you know, no one is walking around with a t-shirt that says I'm grieving. And so I think generally, and this is something that I'm hoping to continue to do with my work, we need to shift our culture around grief as just a normal part of life. You know, I think, I think if we all were to embrace grief as just a part of the human experience that as much as we might like to avoid it, we can't get away from Mm -hmm. that would make things easier. I will also say when you are grieving, do what you can to ask for help. You may not always know what you need, but I want people to feel less shame around seeking help and support from friends. And then the last thing that I will say is when you're trying to support someone who's grieving, nothing you can say is going to be a hundred percent right because they're going through the worst thing that's ever happened to them. So do something instead, you know, drop off a meal, watch their kid, you know, bring them a sweet gift, like take an action because they will always remember the action and it matters and it helps. The action is so, so important. And particularly send somebody groceries, you know, they can always use groceries, you know what I mean? Instacart them some groceries, um, some, some supplies, if they're caregivers, some supplies that are always helpful and needed um i i love this conversation i wish we had more time i would love to have you back i mean i think this is a a continuing conversation um particularly during this pandemic um and and i'm so grateful to you and for this book marissa renee lee the book is grief is love living with loss and it is probably one of the most um relevant books i've read in the in the entire pandemic year and i've read a lot of books about covid (laughs) the one about grief is the one that hit me the hardest because i was like we're all feeling this um, in so many different ways thank you so much for being here this morning um i would love to have you back so please stay safe and we'll stay in touch thank you so much i would love to come back really appreciate you having me on today Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlina. Check in for new episodes every weekday. 